Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week, we work through a slow news week for the Cleveland Indians, the NFL <laughs> reporting for duty, and outer space. I'm joined tonight by two of the best ever. Smiling Chuck Rambaldo is here. Hey, Gerbs, what's up? Not much, man. Phil Denko is here as well. Hi, Gerbs. Thanks for having me. You bet, buddy. Chucky, let's start with you tonight. Wonderful. Dubai in the United Arab Emirates is literally making it rain. In an attempt to beat ridiculous heat, the government invested more than 15 million to create rain from the actual sky. Using the power of drones, UAE scientists unleash electrical charges into clouds, causing them to clump together and form precipitation. Dubai is now being battered with torrential rain that is so severe it's creating hazardous driving conditions. Chuck, what happens when people start controlling the weather? <laughs> well, I assume you're asking me this because I'm half Arab and that's, <laughs> but I, I, I saw that, of that, but sure. Yeah. I didn't know the price tag. Shockingly, was only 15 million to create weather. Yeah, that's amazing. Kind of low, <laughs> but it's kind of like Frankenstein, right? You don't know what you're creating it. it I assume they can start it, but not stop it. If it's torrential. <laughs> <laughs> so you just got thought of that, about that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I assume they need a version 2.0 to, to get it under control. But I don't remember what the question was. So I'm going to uh, what happens when we control the weather? Yeah, I, I see that concerning. Uh, yes. Unless it's used for positive and good. Right. If there are droughts in certain places or if farmers are struggling in certain areas and you can actually create moisture. Yeah. Rain. Great. But if it if it gets into the hands of like a Dr. Evil, that could be a real problem. <laughs> Hey, man, I, I've seen cloudy with a chance of meatballs. This is a disaster <laughs> waiting to happen. <laughs> I like meatballs, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, meatballs are all right. It's, you know, watch the movie. Get back to me. It's not great. <laughs> this took several turns I didn't expect. But, um, Chuck, thank you for sharing your Arab culture with us. And uh, absolutely. We'll move on from Dubai. And we're going to do the show a little bit different tonight, guys, because for some obvious reasons, there is a lot to talk about with Cleveland baseball. So our first segment will be all about the tribe. Then we'll cover sports in the continental U.S. before closing out the show in our final segment by going to Tokyo and beyond. So let's get started. Dive right in to a full segment dedicated to Cleveland baseball. And the biggest story that I'm sure everybody knows about from this past week was that the Indians announced that they'd be changing their name to the Guardians starting next season. The internet reaction was probably pretty similar to when the team changed the name to the Indians in 1915 after playing two years as the Molly Maguires. Oh. You guys remember that? No. <laughs> was, wait, wait, wait. Wait, the internet was in 1915? That's amazing. <laughs> you, that, that's more amazing to you than the fact that the team name was the Molly Maguires for two seasons? Who was Molly Maguire? Uh, yes. Is there a story behind her? Uh, there probably is, but I didn't have time to look uh, that up. Um, but yeah, there's two years as the Molly Maguires. So two big parts, obviously, to the change. Uh, they changed the name of the team and they changed the logo. We've kind of been through this on text messages with the group already. So I kind of get the sense that the overall feeling was we're pretty okay with the name. Nobody really loves the logo. You know, my first question is, Phil, were there better ideas for names than the Guardians? I read the same article you guys read a couple months ago where they said they were rooting through something like 1,200 different names or 2,000 different names. So 
how, how do you judge if there was a better option than what they chose? I, I feel like no matter what they would have chosen, we would have all had an awkward kind of pause thinking, well, this is going to be weird. It's a change, right? It's a change. And it, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just different. And I don't know what would have been better than the guardians. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, the spiders, they did that already. I, I didn't know about the Molly Maguires. That would have really, really <laughs> thrown some people, right? <laughs> thrown some people off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. I, I So I, you know, it, was there a better option on there? I guess that depends on who's reading the list. Yeah. It's hard to say. I think that there's a lot of people who immediately criticized the name, but I didn't hear that many others lobbed out there that were any good. What about you, Chucky? I like the Guardians the best out of what the top three seem to be moving to, which were the spiders and the blues, I think. I don't like spiders, so I wasn't into that. <laughs> However, I do think logo-wise, uniform-wise, there might have been way more cooler options with spiders. I like the Guardians. I think it's a cool name. I don't think it's generic as people think, mostly on a national level, because if you're not from Cleveland, you don't really understand the meaning behind that name. I see Phil's wearing his shirt. It is one of the coolest things about our city uh, that we're from. And I love going over that bridge when I'm coming in from, from my mom's house now to yeah. downtown. I don't like the script. We talked about that. I'm glad they kept the colors. Even, even if they would have changed them, it wouldn't have bothered me either. Uh, people are going to hate change all the mm -hmm. time. My favorite people are these dorks who are like, I'll never watch the games again. <laughs> exactly. This is not my team. Like, get out of here, man. You know, like, just stop You've it. You've got strong feelings about this. I, I, like I do, man. I, I do. Um, and I think, you know, I think I said in our group text that they will alter that logo within like three years. You know, they'll, they'll tweak it and hopefully it doesn't look so Flintstone-y like that C that they're using. It just look cartoony to me. The G with the wings on it, I like that art deco feel to it, but I wish it wasn't 3D. If they just made it 2D and turned it one way, I thought it would look a lot cooler. I like the fact that there might be more options uh, when it comes to gear now, whether it's that logo or the C, where we're kind of stuck in Cleveland with yeah, very yeah. basic gear for whatever team we're supporting. So it could have been way worse, in my opinion. I met some of these folks last night for the first time. No names, please. But I met some of these folks that flat out, I, I was meeting these individuals for the first time ever, and they flat out told me they were done with Cleveland baseball because of this. And I looked at him thinking, well, I don't know who you are and <laughs> I will probably never see you again in my life. And I said, well, you know, that's, you're just a fickle fan like that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's the Cleveland baseball team. I love baseball. We all love baseball. They could have named it anything. I was going to still root for that team next year, no matter what. Well, I'm not sure they could have named it anything. I think one of the things that I noticed is it's exactly what I think both of you guys have, have kind of touched on is I had people who weren't from Cleveland asking me about the change during the week. And once I explained to them like what the bridge was about and what the statues were about and like what a big part of Cleveland's history they were, all of a sudden they were like, oh, that would be, that's great. That's cool that they linked it back to something in the city and stuff like that. There was a great article and I don't, and I, I don't often say that about anybody who writes for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, although there's a, a bunch of really good writers, but um, Terry Pluto is not yep. one of my favorites. He wrote a fantastic article about the behind the scenes process to go through the name change and, and, and how they went about it. And he said that one of the first things they did was they sat down and they made a list. And by they, I mean, like the big wigs and the Indians who are making this decision of the words they thought best described the people of Cleveland, because that's what they wanted to make the, the new name and the new team, and the new presence there for this baseball team be. And they had pride, resiliency loyalty and protective. And I think that's actually really accurate. People in Cleveland 
take a lot of shit for being from Cleveland. We love our town. I haven't lived there in 20 years. It's still my hometown. We are protective of it, man. I don't let people talk shit about Cleveland. I tell them all the good things about it, man. And people make their shitty jokes about the river being on fire. And I had a couple of those. Why aren't they the Cleveland flames and stuff Ugh. like that? Like, get out of here. <laughs> such the river hasn't material. Been on- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get oh my God. Shit. Get new shit. That river hasn't been on fire in like 75 years. (laughs) All right. Come on. It's actually quite nice. And so I thought that I thought, okay, that really, that really stands up. That really shows that there was some thought put into it. The article is great because it goes into all the reasons why they couldn't be something like the spiders or the blues, uh, because there are just so many teams out there who have names that are similar. It's a good article. I think it does a pretty good job. I think the the most telling thing in the article was the fact that they chose the name about eight weeks ago, and that's when they started working on the logo. That terrible logo yeah. only took them two months to put together, which is, it, it looks rushed to me. So hopefully yeah. the logo changes. Yeah. I'd like to take a swing at a more serious part of this conversation. It's not really what we do, but it was such an ever-present piece of the narrative all week long once they announced the change was this woke cancellation culture or is this just a business decision by this team for me i think it's a long-term business decision it might be a little bit of both but the issue i've had with people who continue to use the excuse that the name was honoring native americans uh, and how is that offensive? I always, always have a problem with people. It doesn't have to be about a baseball team name who dictate what should be offensive to somebody else. I don't understand that. I don't understand why a, a group of people should be able to tell another group of people who are offended that you should not be offended. You're crazy for being offended. So ultimately, it, it's a business decision uh, because, you know, like the all-star game was held over their head and that wasn't really talked all that well. Uh, all that much uh, last year or the year before that. Yeah. If they weren't going to change that name, you were probably going to move that all-star game out of Cleveland. So I respect the Dolans for for having to think ahead, not for next season, but for really 10 or 20 years from now. Because let's be honest, everybody, I don't care what they're called. I'm glad they're in Cleveland because mm-hmm. ultimately they right. could have been the Nashville whatevers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'm happy. You could have called them the flaming shit bags. I don't care. As See, long I don't as think you could call them anything. <laughs> That's I, I a go pretty back easy logo. <laughs> Um, I don't think you can call them anything. I don't know. I agree with you, Chucky. I think they've been protesting this name since at least the mid nineties. Right. I remember it first in the uh, opening day when they opened the Jake in 1994 being the first time I ever noticed it was happening. I don't think that pressure ever made them do anything. It's been there for years. Right. I I think in the end, what it comes down to is we got to compete nationally for dollars. We've got to compete against maybe two other teams in the city that are more popular than us. At least one. If we may start losing sponsorships, we may start losing financial support from corporate America and corporate Cleveland. Uh, we're in a heap of trouble and maybe yeah. we're not going to be around. I don't know, Phil, what do you think? You're exactly right. I think uh, actually Dolan was interviewed by Hamilton during one of the games this week. I was listening on the radio and he was in the booth with the guys and uh, clearly he was going to keep his explanation pretty PC and right. just, you know, it, it it's part of the broadcast of his company. But a, a point that he made, I thought was, was interesting was like there, there's just almost a sense of relief now going forward that if anyone's offended, that's a problem. 
So how about yeah. we just rebrand in something that can't offend anybody? Right. You know, yeah. like so many other professional and collegiate logos and mascots are, you know, be it animals or colors or underwear or whatever, who's offended by the Red Sox, the Reds, the White Sox, you know, these kind of things. So I think there was this sense of relief in what he was explaining that this was something that now going forward, our marketing and our brand, there's nothing to stop it. There's right. no no negativity right. to stop it other than, yeah, we're all going to have a special place in our, our hearts for the Cleveland Indians because they've been around for over 100 years. But it's going to still be the same team. And we're going to root, at least I'm going to root just as hard right. for those guys. Can I ask both of you a, a somewhat serious question? Yeah. When's the last time you wore anything with Chief Wahoo on it? A hat, shirt, jersey. When was it? Uh, I have a couple Chief Wahoo hats that I like, and I still wear those. T-shirt I'm wearing right now does not have Chief Wahoo on it. So it is, an, it is a Cleveland T-shirt that I think Denko got me actually. I wear the hat, but not 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 often. I wear the right um, the block C mm-hmm. right way more often. Right. I, I think I have three jerseys with it on it and two hats, and I probably haven't worn those in like five years. It, yeah. Uh, it, and it, it made sense because I finally stopped thinking like an ass and going oh shouldn't be offensive and then it somewhat is right or it definitely is so i, I don't wear it yeah. and i have i walk my neighborhood with my son a lot and it's funny because a guy two streets down from me has a gigantic chief wahoo in his yard and it says something like save the chief or something along those lines and then the guy right next door to him has a confederate flag flying and i'm not putting them in the same thing but to me it's like i look at both of them and i'm like first off you live in the north and you have a yeah. confederate you lost, man. Like they lost. <laughs> well, I don't understand that. I don't understand the pride behind that. And I think, uh, and I looked almost at Chief Wahoo as the same thing. Like, I'm not going to put a gigantic Chief Wahoo on my lawn ever. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Well, I think you brought up the exact point that needs to be brought up here before, Chuck, is, is with Chief Wahoo, it doesn't matter that the three of us aren't offended by it. Right. We, yeah. we don't have a say in that. Right. We don't have a say in that. Clearly, it is a clown-like caricature of a Native American. Not great, right? So yeah, I have old shirts and jerseys and hats with it on it. Some time ago before they were phasing the logo out, I thought like, all right, I'm going to put this hat on the mow the lawn. And then after a while, I'm like, you know what? I'm just, no, these things are going to the back of the closet and I've got my shirts that say Cleveland and the Block C and these kind of things. And, but yeah, I, I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't know if that person in your neighborhood is Native American. I'm going to guess they're not. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, who gives a shit if that guy isn't offended? It's, it, it's not something that would be offensive to that individual. Right. Right. Yeah. I go back to my first year of college in 1995 was the first year that Miami university had changed from the red skins to the red Hawks. And there were a whole bunch of people up in arms about it. And, you know, whatever it's been since I was in college, like seven years, nobody cares anymore. That was a good joke because it's been like 20 years. Yeah, I was going to miss 20. Jump in on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for diving into that topic with me, guys. Why don't we actually talk about what the team is doing on the field with our tribe week cap? Tribe played some good baseball this week, but did not win a lot of games. It's a shame that none of the games they played this week were only seven in- innings long because they might have had more wins. They really showed the Astros who was boss with a 5-4 win on Wednesday night after losing five in a row to Houston before that. <laughs> then they showed the Tampa Rays who was boss with a 3-2 win today after losing something like 10 straight to Tampa. Oh, boy. 
What do we think of this week for the tribe, fellas? It was a mess, and it's almost the nightmare scenario we talked about a few weeks ago where they're playing really good teams, and, and that race for the division is nullified. It could be nullified at this point, and we're getting really close to that because what are they, eight and a half or nine? What? How far eight, are they out now? Eight and a half, eight. but the White Sox are playing right now, so it could yeah. go down to eight or up to nine. Yep, yeah. right, so... Not a great week, but pretty much what we talked about, like we were hoping, hey, two to three wins might be all right. And and that's that's where that's where it turned out to be. But I know there is it like three and a half, five, somewhere in there out of the second wild card. They're five and a half games back of the second wild card spot okay. right now. So I guess the decision comes down to when do they decide if they're sellers, right? If they don't think. You're not getting their starting pitching back or the young guys aren't developing quick enough. Is it time to start unloading some of these dudes? That's what makes the next week really interesting. Are we looking at a possible make or break week in the next seven days for what they decide to do with the team overall? I think in that next week, we have the White Sox coming up, right? For at least a three-game series. And yep. That's a series that you lose all three of them and you can say goodbye to the division. Even if you win two out of three, that only picks up a game i mean not not that you have to sweep them win two out of those three okay fine let's see what's going on there i was surprised to see that we kind of crept back into the wild card picture there was a long time that we were actually closer to the white Sox than the second spot of the wild card even yeah. when we were seven games behind the white Sox. savali and bieber both started throwing baseballs this week they now, reported that uh savali threw 12 pitches yesterday so holy cow he's <laughs> almost ready yeah to face so, two batters yeah yeah if he's if this he's is lucky great. right you know, oh, keep hope alive baby so <laughs> august starts in a week and yeah. it doesn't sound like either one of these guys are coming back maybe maybe the middle of august so you're not getting that help in the pitching staff that we were so desperately in need of i if, if we are sellers what are we selling <laughs> Is what I want to know. Like, what are we selling, and what are we getting back? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like this is going to be one of those years where the where the team kind of just kind of stays where they're at. They're neither buyers or sellers, and here we go. We're a 500 team, give or take, and let's see what happens for next year. You guys are doing a wonderful job of skipping ahead in my outline. Sorry, um, welcome. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have sent it to us before yeah. the show. <laughs> I thought it was an interesting week last week because they played parts of games really well uh, and yeah. the, they got some good starting pitching which they haven't had consistently for three or four weeks and they still found ways to lose games uh, I think the defense was bad at times just poor decision making bad base running again sometimes and those guys that were kind of like the middle relief guys your your Whitgrins and your Sandersons and those guys were really terrible all week long uh, Phil, who do you think you had a good week for the tribe? I'm going to go with the big urn. Oh, you, you, <laughs> I, I could yeah, see it you even took my, you even took the nickname. I was like, son of a bitch. Wait, I've been calling him the big urn for like three weeks. Uh, anyway, go ahead. So Ernie the, Clement. Ernie Clement had a, had a really good week in the, in the seven games. I think he played in four of them. He hit like three sixty something. I think like yeah. he, he was uh, uh, he had what the, the three run home run in the one game or whatever it was. Uh, so just a very good week for a guy that, again, at the bottom of the order, I did notice he hits a lot better when he plays third. I don't know what that says about his situation, but when they move him to the middle of the field, he goes over. Maybe I'm looking too hard into it, but uh, he had a good week. And out of a guy that we're just hoping to just, all right, can you come out there, plug a gap in the on the defensive side and hit at the end of the lineup and yeah. maybe every now and again, get a base hit, you know, so 
to, to come out of there um, hitting over 350 was a, was a great week for the big earn. Chuck, you got anybody left? <laughs> Sorry, Chuck. <laughs> I thought I didn't know he was never touch the big earn. <laughs> I thought he would be all mine. I had a uh, backup because I thought I, for sure he wouldn't come to me first. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's your backup? Please have uh, him. All right. I was I was going to go with Cesar uh, Hernandez had a had a good week. I think a big my, hit I, today hit a home yeah, run today. Th- I guess that's it. Like there were days where I thought the timing of when he produced, like oh okay that's good like that. You, all right, yeah. We, we, He's kind of be, been that way all yeah, year, right? Right. right like right. hasn't hit a ton, but hit well in in spots. Zimmer had a good week. I would say that Eli Morgan, Cal Quantrill, and Tristan McKenzie each at least had one good start right. and that was good. Um, yeah, that's, I guess that would be my other, like some of the starting pitching, the fact that I think in four of the seven games, they got to the sixth inning, which right. is a event in itself. So, and even God, what's his name? Meha, right. Am I pronouncing it right? Even though he didn't Mejia. pitch. Like, Mejia, yeah. Thank you. I'm not even close. The first time he pitched this week, it was a little over four innings, but he still had eight Ks. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised looking at some of those stat lines. Like, Hey man, they made it to the sixth inning. Oh shit. We still lost a lot of those games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, it's just, right. such, it's such a strange thing because it's like, Oh man, if we just get the starting pitching worked out, we can start rolling. Yeah. And then they get the starting pitching to, to go. And the, the middle of the bullpen falls apart. Uh, Chuck, we had a bad week. Big picture here. Uh, ownership had a bad, bad week just because so <laughs> many people were like, uh, the name sucks. The logo sucks. I'm never going to support this team again. Blah, blah, blah. That's the easy one to say off the field. Uh, they had a bad week uh, just because nobody was going to be super agreeable to it. And yep. obviously the, the most vocal voices are the ones who hate it. So they yep. had a bad week. Yep. I'm going to go with Bobby Bradley had a bad week. I think he had one hit. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he, he was he was mine as well. Yeah. One hit, all one week. goddamn hit. That's all we got. <laughs> you can't say goddamn on the pod. Uh, eh, Thirty-five people are listening. <laughs> I was Bobby Bradley had a bad week, and I was thinking about this. And as I was thinking about it, he actually had a clutch sacrifice fly in today's yep. game. Yeah. He did. Like okay, he did. He yeah. did round it out a little bit. Maybe, maybe that sacrifice fly is uh, him getting out of it a little bit. But he has just looked lost at the plate, and we need that in the middle of the lineup. We need. Yeah production can i go actually away from the 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 tribe who had the worst week there's there's an actual cleveland guardians already they are a men's roller uh derby team oh no oh no they had a bad week they had a very bad week (laughs) but they own the website clevelandguardians.com so that might turn into a very great week at some point if they have to buy them out but yeah that that just became the most valuable roller (laughs) derby team in the world yeah right (laughs) they have one asset and it is worth like a hundred million dollars that's right right. (laughs) i had no idea we were going to talk roller derby anyway Coming up for the Tribe, they've got a short two-game series at home against the Cardinals, then a very big three-game set against the White Sox in Chicago. If the Indians perform poorly this week, are they going to be sellers at the deadline? Is there anything that can happen this week that makes them buyers at the trade deadline, which is next weekend, it's the 31st? I don't see them as buyers. I I just don't. Even if if they sweep the White Sox in that three-game series, I I don't see them as buyers. I could see that leaning more towards art. We're not going to necessarily be sellers and shop Jose Ramirez and, you know, all these guys to fortify our minor league system. So I I don't know. This is, it's it's weird timing. I think they probably at this point, I would hope anyway, already have their mind made up as to where they fall buyers or sellers. If we're looking at it from strictly a win standpoint, 
if they win two or three from the Sox, I think it's a, it's a great week and hopefully they take one from the Cardinals. I don't think they're going to go one way or another. I assume maybe if they, if they completely shit the bed and lose five straight, then everybody is probably up for trade. Uh, I assume at that point, maybe not Jose Ramirez, but it's a make or break week for this team, uh, for the pitching staff, for the position play. Any of these guys who can contribute need to pull it together this week. Uh, so they can either gain ground, whether it's in the division or at that second wild card, or Phil's exactly right. They probably just ride out the season with what they got. And if those two guys come back, if the two pitch at Bieber and Savali or whoever come back, it's for not at that point, more than likely. And we just see where we end up at the end of the year at 500 or a little below it. And we'll see you next yeah. season. So what about the other players? So forget, forget Jose Ramirez, but why, why forget Jose Ramirez? Well, well, I mean, because of what I'm going to ask, like, I I think that's probably the guy you can trade and get the most for. Right. Of course. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. He's got two years left on his deal. And they're like, I think he is at 14 million next year and like 16 the year after that. And for that dude, that is a very good price for anybody. So you trade him now, man. And you, you know, you're giving him to a team that can control him for two years after this season. I think you get a boatload for him. I'm not saying do it. I'm not saying I want to so, see him do it, but so that's why I, I mean, said that's forget, the guy forget that, him. I said forget Jose Ramirez because I think that's the obvious trade. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one piece we have that would get a lot back at this point. So the the rest of the team, if if they decide to be sellers, you've got a lot of like these middling type trades, right? Like you're going to trade a Cesar Hernandez because that's a good piece to add to a a contending team. But what are you getting back? So that's what they're going to look at. Like, all right, are we getting back? A bunch of minor league talent, maybe maybe some maybe some outfielders. You know, outfield's good. We need that. We need some outfielders. We we just yeah. drafted nothing but pitchers. So I could see maybe something like that happening. Again, that's why I said forget Jose Ramirez, because I think he's the only one, the only asset they have that they could trade and get a haul back for. I think if they really shit the bed this week, J Ram is probably on the table, although I, I don't know that I think it's a great move because you've still got him for two more years. You can still get a boatload for him next year. If you want to, it's Shaw and Cesar Hernandez mm-hmm. and Eddie Rosario, maybe Rosario. are the three yeah. guys that, that maybe they move. Now think about this. What if we become buyers and we trade for Ray's first baseman, G man Choi, because wouldn't a guy on the team named G man be perfect for the guardians when they start next season <laughs> yes. and the dude can play, yeah. the dude can play. So yeah. who's with me on making a move to bring in all in. Joy. All in, all in. Is he available? Let's do that. <laughs> I, I doubt it. I doubt it. But, you, know, you know, money talks, Chucky. Everybody is available. All right, fellas. Well, I think we have covered what we need to cover on our beloved Cleveland Indians and our soon-to-be beloved Cleveland Guardians. Why don't we take our first break and we will come back and cover sports in the USA. Unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor, Tammy. I'm getting really sick of something. Ugh, what's that, the kids? No, well, maybe a little. But really, I'm getting sick and tired of all this hair right on the top of my head. It's everywhere up there, and it's really bugging me. Jason, I think I know what you need. You do? What? You need Just for Danko Miracle Hair Remover. What? A hair remover? How does that work? It's easy. Rub Just for Denko Miracle Hair Remover on the top of your head and watch your hair disappear. Holy cow. A product like that must be really expensive. You would think, but you would be wrong. For less than the cost of two haircuts, you can be really bald every day. Should I try it? Hells yeah, baby. 
other than your face, your body, and your height, Just for Danko Miracle Hair Remover will have you looking like Dwayne The Rock Johnson in no time. Just for Danko Miracle Hair Remover for men. Sick of hair? Grab some Danko. Welcome back, fellas, for our second segment, and we'll talk sports happening in the continental United States. And as you know, last week, the NBA Finals ended. The Bucks defeated the Suns in six games. Giannis scored 50 in game six. It is a legendary, whatever you want to call it, game for him. It, it is amazing to, to see him close that out. He wins the finals MVP. He's one of only a handful of guys who have won a title, won the finals MVP, won multiple MVPs, and I think won multiple defensive players of the year. Hats off to the Bucks for an amazing run in the finals. Why don't we take a brief look back at Jason Gerber's worst takes on the NBA finals <laughs> and the Milwaukee Bucks episode 29. I said, if Giannis isn't scoring, where are the points coming from? I still think the Nets will take this series episode 30. That was the first time I asked if the Bucks were secretly shitty. I also said, if you have an unstoppable player, you have a great chance to win a seven game series. But I was talking about Trey young, not Giannis. <laughs> Episode 31, I said the Suns would probably rather play the Bucks than the Hawks in the finals. <laughs> Episode 32, I said the Suns in five. And I asked you guys if Giannis must be nervous about signing a long-term deal with the Bucks because they probably won't be able to put a team around him that would be good enough to win a title. So, Chuck, which of those four do you think aged the worst in the last five weeks? Uh, I think we were we're all guilty here. I I appreciate that you put some (laughs) onus on yourself, but nobody at the beginning of the playoff run on the pod was like, I'm taking the Bucks hands down and Giannis is the best player on the planet. Out of all of them, though, maybe when you attacked him, is was that the one? Was it the second one you said? Well, I don't think I ever actually attacked him. Did you question him if he was scoring? Which one? No, 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 no. I wish you had paid better attention. I did. It it, it was very long. (laughs) (laughs) I know. In episode 29, I said, if Giannis isn't scoring, where are the other points coming from? Okay. So they are going to win their series. Got it. Yeah. They had two other scores. So that one's null and void. Okay. Right. Maybe them playing the Hawks. That might be the one that was the most. Okay. Phil, what about you? You're being too hard on yourself. I I thought Brooke Lopez, (laughs) I I thought Brooke Lopez played for the other team. (laughs) (laughs) And and now he has a ring. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Having been traded to the Bucks mid series from the Nets, right? (laughs) As far as I understood. Yeah. I I think uh, the the one that you listed that, I don't know, I guess probably didn't age all that well, although it was only a couple of weeks ago, is <laughs> is if if Giannis is uh, regretting signing the long term yeah. deal yeah. because he'd yeah. never win a championship. That in would have been my choice because <laughs> that one was proven wrong in less than ten days. <laughs> <laughs> so even though they won the championship, aren't the Bucks still secretly shitty? <laughs> they have a ring. Um, yeah, of course not. No, and, at this point, uh, I don't know if you saw any of his press conference afterwards. Yeah, I watched all that, yeah. but. Guys like us from Cleveland or from any city that is comparable to Milwaukee, who has a, a, a franchise like that, where he was the first dude in, and most people that night said he is now the face of the NBA. He has taken what LeBron James has owned for 14 years and it is now on him. And if that's the case, I'm happy. It's that dude who said it would have been easy to go somewhere yeah. and create a super team. 
I didn't want to do it that way. That was the coolest part for me. Like I would have liked to have seen the Suns win, but I'm happy that the Bucks won. But when that dude talked and said that, he probably talked to 80% of fans in this country uh, who know that it's going to take a miracle and God's hand has to move for your team to win a championship <laughs> for where they're at. So um, I like that dude now forever. I'm a big fan of that guy. Did he kill the super team? Oh, I hope no. so. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I hope so too, but I don't think so. No, no, no way. No, no way. So, so hear me out on this for why this is great for the caps. Cause I think it's tracking with what, what Chucky was just saying. Giannis stays in a small market. They put good, but not superstar players around him and he wins a title. Can't that happen in Cleveland? Yes, absolutely. I was about to say the same thing. Like this is this gives us hope, right? As the only time we had a chance of winning a title is because LeBron James came back here um, right. and was from here. So how do you get guys that aren't from here, maybe from another country like Greece to, to <laughs> don't know. To, yeah. Right. <laughs> to embrace what it's all about, like building the team. I mean, you look at the bucks. All right. Giannis is fantastic. Middleton was a G league addition and that dude can play i mean yeah. he's he's on the olympic team right now right i mean that that, that dude can Whoa. play so so uh yeah, well <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure the, along, the, along the lines of the super team i think i think kevin durant is looking to join france going forward so yeah, there's, there's that but you know yeah I, I think this gives us hope i mean it's it's you've got to draft that guy though yeah that's the tough part i'm getting ahead yeah. here in the pod I, maybe we'll talk about this but we're in a position this year to draft potentially to draft that guy you're in the top five draft that guy hit on the draft and maybe we don't know yet we might already have some of the integral parts on this roster be it a right. larry nance jr be it you know garland and, and sexton and these guys so um let, let we gotta we gotta win a draft though we gotta actually draft a guy that comes out and can in two or three years produce like Giannis is producing big ask all right well i'm glad to be done talking about the NBA finals and the Milwaukee Bucks for a while. And the other great news is with the end of the NBA season comes the real beginning of the NFL. Uh, the season is here. Camps are opening already. The Browns rookies reported today, the veterans report later in the week. So let's move into another in our 13 week series, 13 shades of Brown, and let's play our favorite game. Hey man, who are you this week? We're going to talk about Sean holes. He is the, the director of performance and the director of high performance for the Cleveland Browns. And for 10 points, explain to me the difference or explain to me what that job is in 10 seconds. Oh, 10 points. Point. Oh, I'd rather take, take 10 your seconds. Time. Take your time, <laughs> I'm going to take 10 seconds. The fact that this guy is not only the director of performance, but high performance, he must be unbelievably qualified for that title. So man, I'm, I'm interested to hear more. Okay. I have a, pretty good idea that he's a director of performance at every level <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does all right so the director of high performance is basically at the top of the strength conditioning health welfare of the team pyramid uh, and so that's what he does for the browns he has held strength and conditioning positions at three different colleges i want you guys to try to name one and i'm gonna give you a hint one is a newer big 10 school Another is in a state where I have lived. And the last shares a name with a hotel chain that is described as moderately priced, upper mid-scale hotels with limited food and beverage facilities. So Phil, name one of the colleges where Sean Holes was the head of strength and conditioning. Maryland. Nope. 
close though. <laughs> Not geographically, but you know, <laughs> I went, I went with the easiest thing, right? That recently joined the, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Chuck, Damn. take your time, buddy. I can cut out the, the dead. Uh, UNLV. No, but really close geographically. Both of you are wrong, but ah, Chuck was probably the closest. So I'm going to give him five points for this one. Hull was the strength and conditioning coach at Nebraska, the University of Nevada in Reno, and at Hampton University. I was going to say fucking Hampton, Hampton, honest yeah. to God. I was like, that's the only Damn chain. It. I was like, does the Red Roof Inn? Is, that, yeah, kept, is there a Red Roof Inn college yeah, somewhere? Yeah. Wait a minute. Is there a Clarion University? I have no idea. <laughs> there is. Phil, there is a Clarion oh. University like an hour and 40 minutes for me. <laughs> Apparently he was not employed there though. No, <laughs> was no not. not yet, but there's still time from 2006 to 2013. He was the director of performance for the Navy seals. Chuck, who would win in a fight? If you got in a fight with him, you are Sean Hulse. him. He was <laughs> he directed Navy seals. He was the director of performance. He's basically like the strength and conditioning and training. I would coach say I would run seals. away from him, but his high performance, he would catch me within like 10 steps. <laughs> Oh, no. Phil, what about you? If you got in a fight with Sean Halls, who do you think would win? He would beat me in a fight before I even knew I was in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> he would probably sneak up behind me and I'd be done. And like, what just happened? I was, I was just checking the mailbox. <laughs> you're, you're both right. 10 points yeah. each. Yes. How many Super Bowl rings does Sean Halls have? I'm going to say two because it's got to be a trick question. <laughs> he has two rings. Phil? Zero. Uh, I guess it goes to Phil because he was closest without going over uh, before he came to the Browns. He was with the Philadelphia Eagles and won a oh. Super Bowl. So holes has brought a data driven high tech way to prepare, train and track athlete performance. And I think most importantly, injuries. Do you think that was a good idea for the Browns? Yes, I'm, I'm going to try to I'm going to tread lightly here because uh, my employer no longer works with the Browns and their injuries. And I wish we did because I feel like we could do a better job. There we okay. go. I'm going to leave it at that <laughs> in terms of uh, the employment part. But uh, yeah, that's a huge role, right? I mean, that is something that finally the Cleveland Browns have depth. We can actually probably navigate an injury here or there at almost every position outside of quarterback. It's me knocking on wood to really dive into the science behind that. Like, how do we prevent these injuries? What gives us the best chance? That's a huge deal. You got to do it in this day and age. Injuries are going to happen in football. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, it's it's a collision sport. That that's going to happen no matter what. But to get these guys prepped so you're not losing DBs to hamstring strains and right. those kind of things is huge. Check it. What do you think? Phil gave a, a pretty strong answer, buddy. Right. Yeah. Like, like so, I'm gonna. I'm just going to say, hey, Phil did a great job because he can talk about it way better than I could. But <laughs> I'm just so happy that how far that has come in like the last 15 to 20 years when we were athletes, it was just like, Hey, wrap it up, ice it and get back out there kind of deal. So yeah. the fact that it is now just so data and science driven and why shouldn't it be when these guys make that much money, but yeah, I could never explain it the way Phil did. So congrats, Phil, give him five points for that, please. I'm going to give him four. Don't tell hmm. me what to do. <laughs> All right. Final, final question. And this is going to be, I think the best, joke i've made on the podcast that will never transfer to our listeners because it's visual i'm gonna ask you guys which of the members of the uau the unprofessional and unprepared team should go as sean holes for halloween i'm gonna share my screen do you guys see that oh no. damn it <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Chuck, who should go as this guy for Halloween? Yeah. I mean, that could be Phil's brother. So it could be Phil. That could be me. Yeah. <laughs> Good grief. Holy cow, man. It's like if if me and Jason Statham had a kid. <laughs> no, that's if you had a kid. I do have a kid. Yeah, they're adopted. That's amazing. Holy cow. That oh, is yeah. amazing. Like even. That's- the, the skin tone, the complexion, it's, uh, it's yeah. definitely Phil. Yeah. I did not know this. I'm reaching out to this guy tomorrow morning. This is going to um, be awesome. <laughs> so I actually tried to reach out to him um, to get him to come on the show. And I have not received any responses, but I think he's probably pretty busy. So it's probably going to be hard to do that. I'm going to find some way, maybe on the Instagram feed or something like that. I can I can put this picture up side by side with Phil because it's the only reason I chose this guy was because of this. That's amazing. <laughs> this yeah. entire segment was based on the fact this guy just looks a lot like Phil. <laughs> uh, so that's it for another segment of, hey, man, who are you? I think Phil wins. But just because I like look like the guy. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's move on from talking about the Browns and just talk about the league in general. And let's start where every NFL conversation always has to start. And that's with the quarterbacks. So going around the league to some of the quarterback storylines, some of these we've been talking about since the season ended in February. And I think ESPN has run a story about Aaron Rodgers every day since the end of the season. I don't think anything has changed and nobody knows anything more about what he's doing. So why shouldn't we jump in? Who wants to predict what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers this year? (laughs) Go for it, Chuck. Oh, if you believe what national media is saying that he could retire this week, I can't see that happening. Him and who's their unbelievably good receivers, Devontae Adams, is that his name? Yeah. Adams, yeah. All right. So I don't know if you've seen they have now moved in like Kardashian territory this week on Instagram, posting the same photo at the same time of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen together with no explanation. Like it's a oh, riddle boy. wrapped in uh, a dog yeah. shit with hair around it on fire. <laughs> if you're that unhappy, but you're that talented. Uh, I assume it means that your your favorite thing to do is compete. So he's got to play, and I don't I don't see why that can't be worked out. Like it can't can it be that bad for him in Green Bay? Is it that bad? Yeah. Has he not nearly turned into Brett Favre, where Brett Favre was such a cunt when they drafted him? Oh, sorry, Gerb. He was such <laughs> a jerk when they drafted him. And now he is because wouldn't you think like experience tells you I'm never going to be that guy, but he's turned into that guy yeah. that he hated. They drafted a younger quarterback that's supposed to take his job. That's the point, right? Isn't that what every franchise does in any sports? I'd almost be happy if he retired at this point. I'd, I'd be fine with it. I wouldn't miss him. Phil, how about you? Any prediction on what he's actually going to do? I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play quarterback this season for the Green Bay Packers is what I think is going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Like at some point, like all this stuff, like, all right, whatever off season bullshit. I, I hit some golf balls with a bunch of douchebags and whatever. Now I'm coming back to work because to Chuck's point, like, it's not like this guy can't produce on the field anymore. He is an MVP caliber quarterback. I don't know. Are things that bad in Green Bay? Like they're a perennial contender, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, I I just think he's pissed that they haven't made first round upgrades to the offense around him. And they drafted that quarterback last year. I I think he feels like I might as well leave and go someplace where they've got the pieces in place to keep winning rather than being on this team that is going to perennially win, 
you know, 10 or 11 or 12 games, go to the playoffs and lose to somebody who's got better skill players than he does. Now, I don't even know if any of that's true. Uh, I don't even know if I agree with that, but I think that's where he's at. It's not about money. It's not necessarily about, I don't like living in green Bay. I think it's my window is closing. I've probably got two or three really good years left in me. I want to go someplace where I can win for sure. Right. They have legitimately on their roster, a top five quarterback, a top five running back and a top five wide receiver. What else? else? You know, so you you need a better tight end. Right. Right. Like I was about to ask, like, where does he go? And and not to mention he's under contract. So he's, it's a trade. He's going to force a trade. I have a solution. Where does he go? Yeah. Where are Gerbs? Where does he go? Where does he go? Texas straight up swap. I know Deshaun Watson for isn't that that's the only thing i don't know i don't know who else is trading for that guy i don't know how you trade for that contract uh i I don't know how you work any of that out i i tend to agree with you phil he's if he's going to play which i think he will he's going to be in green bay that that's got to be what happens much as i would love to see a deshaun watson for aaron Rodgers trade happen i don't don't think that's going to go so what about what about a team like what the buccaneers did with tom brady they had all the pieces around already you know on both sides of the ball Who's there? So who is yeah. that? Is that a, is that a 49ers? I, I don't know. Is the that... 49ers have a guy and another guy already. They drafted a quarterback in the first round. Right. Well, well, right. But that guy's not ready to start. So do you make, yeah, maybe take Aaron Rodgers for Garoppolo. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. For Garoppolo. But you're absolutely like, where is it? Is it maybe Las Vegas? Like, are they that close? I mean, they have skill players. They have a yeah. decent defense. Yeah. But, it, but if I'm Aaron Rodgers, is that a better situation going to the Raiders? No. Is that a better situation no, no, than no. Green Bay? The only thing that makes sense is him staying, but we're going to find out when, when he sits out the first couple games of the year, we're, we're going to see, you know, who's really in control of this. Cause that's when I really think his leverage starts to kick in moving from Green Bay to Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger probably inspired by Burke and probably doing 150 <laughs> push-ups a day allegedly showed up to camp oh. skinny is slim big ben no. more of a threat in the central division than stay puff big ben from <laughs> so i live in steeler country yeah and listen i saw the picture and i asked steeler fan like he looks no different than he did last <laughs> year he is wearing a uh, loose fitting t-shirt that is gently caressing his gigantic stomach and i'm like what are you talking about he's in the best shape of his life what narrative is this what are you talking about who was like the the was it like iran or iraq's minister of information that said like everything is fine yeah. in the city yeah. like that's i was like is that who's running the steelers pr department at yeah, this right. point <laughs> That's I a hope good so. get for that I really guy. Hope so. That's a good get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phil, do you care to add anything? <laughs> sure, why not? I don't think it matters what shape Ben Roethlisberger is in this year. Um, that team did nothing to address the most important part of Ben Roethlisberger still having a productive season, and that is the offensive line. So yeah, skinny, fat, whatever. He's going to get hit a lot, especially by the uh, the boys in brown and orange. All right. Well, with that, we will close out our discussion about NFL quarterbacks for now. I'm sure we'll do it about nine more times before the season starts. (laughs) But why don't we take our final break and we'll get ready to enter our last segment. We'll go to Tokyo and beyond. Unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by Soften the Blow Life Coaching, experts in helping you break bad news. The communication experts at Soften the Blow Life Coaching have helped clients communicate tough news with a soft touch for more than 25 years. This year, 
Football fans everywhere face the difficult task of breaking the great news of the expanded NFL season to their non-football fan spouses. Let's see how that conversation would go without time-tested coaching from the Soften the Blow team. Tammy, great news! The NFL added another regular season game to the schedule. We get another whole week of football next season. Wait, are you being serious? I hope you're joking. What the f***? Those selfish motherfuckers. Why the f*** would they do a dumb f***ing thing like that? Are baseball or basketball giving up a f***ing week? I bet not. I hate that pin-headed, blonde Goodell so much. I'd love to punch him in his f***ing pin head. I guess that means we lose another week of f***ing leaf peeking next year. F***ing great. What a bunch of f***ing f***ing shit. Not the outcome anyone is looking for, but with a few simple tweaks and our expert communication coaching, this bad interaction turns into, hey, Tammy. Hey, Jason. Are those flowers for me? Yeah. Here's a nice cup of hot tea as well. I heard Fixer Upper was having a special crossover marathon with the Kardashians. Maybe that's something we could watch together while I fold the laundry and we discuss meals for next week. Well, handsome, that sounds amazing. Can we talk about window treatments and adopting another dog? Hells yeah, baby. That's what I call a perfect Sunday. Speaking of Sunday, the NFL just added another week to the regular season. Wait, what? I said I love you, honey. Aw, I love you too, baby. So, avoid unnecessary fights and confrontations by hiring the experts at Soften the Blow. Soften the Blow Life Coaching, helping you deliver bad news like it's a box of chocolates for 25 years. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll go to Tokyo and beyond. Let's talk the Olympics. I have forgotten how much fun and just how weird it can be to watch the Olympics as they start to unfold. It feels like there's a million things going on, and it's really hard to figure out a way to talk about it in some way that tries to cover everything that's happening. So I'm just kind of free-flowing with some questions and some statements, and you guys just kind of flow along with me. We'll try to cover whatever we can. Uh, The opening ceremonies were on Friday. Eight people were in attendance. What was your favorite part? I saw the drone stuff that made it look like a Death Star, almost like Star Wars-y. That seemed pretty cool. I didn't see it in real time, but I saw clips on. Yeah, I didn't actually watch it. It was on at like 730 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, Phil, how about you? Favorite part of the opening ceremonies? I didn't watch any of the opening ceremonies. All I all I read about was there was some some athlete that was part of the opening ceremonies in the last Olympics is actually competing in this Olympics. And I thought that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah, he was like that a, is really cool. He, he was like a model. Thing. And now he's now he's yeah. actually the athlete in the Olympics. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff makes me love the Olympics. A really good looking person finally getting their big. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Thank God that really yeah. hot guy got yeah. everything yeah. he had coming yeah. to him. Right. Yeah. yeah. On Peacock, which is NBC's streaming service. There is a channel that is nothing but a live feed of the Olympic flame. You just pull it up on your laptop and just watch the flame burn. Yeah, and I will tell you, it is surprisingly relaxing and enjoyable for a short period so, of time. I'm putting so, it on la- tonight. so last night, I, well, I have Peacock and I was scrolling through the channel. I'm like, that can't be real. So <laughs> I chose to bypass that with my wife to watch a Christmas in July movie. <laughs> Starring, oh. starring Vivica Fox. So I should have watched the flame. Channel. You should have at least for a few minutes. Yeah. You should have. How do you think the equestrian teams are adjusting to competing with no fans in the stands? I think they're used to it. <laughs> oh, 
other, other than the Springsteen chick. I think yeah, right. How's she doing? Good. Well, I don't think she's competing. I tried to look it up today and mm-hmm. I just don't understand equestrian. There's something called a dressage or a dressage. They had two of those and America was fourth in like group E and in group F. It oddly looks to me like men and women compete against each other in these things, which maybe isn't that big a deal because ultimately it's the horse doing all the work. Springsteen is on the jump team and they haven't started yet. So she hasn't actually got, trust me, I'm going to keep my eyes on that. (laughs) Biggest silver lining in the entire COVID pandemic occurred this week. Bryson DeChambeau is out with COVID. Patrick Reed, who might cheat if he thinks nobody is watching, replaces (laughs) him, but he's like a great patriot. He loves America. Uh, John Rahm is also out for the Spanish team. This is the second time he's had COVID this summer. Any suggestions for John Rahm? Vaccinate. Stay home. (laughs) Wear a mask. Something. Get the chubby. So, (laughs) What was the most unusual sport you've watched so far in the Olympics? It wasn't unusual. I watched uh, part of USA uh, women's softball versus, I think, Australia, maybe last yeah. night or the night before. It wasn't odd that I was watching softball, which was odd was the USA pitcher. It was unbelievable. Like most of these women just kind of step back and then step forward. She would actually step back, touch the ground with both her pitching hand and the glove and then start her windmill. And I was Behind mesmerized. Her, she would touch the ground. Yeah, she would literally like lean down as she started her crouch touch the ground oh, with okay. both hands and yep. then come up with her windmill. And I was like, man, that's got a, that's, that's insane to me. Cause I assume your, her, her eyes don't level out. So, but she was, she, she yeah. pitched a gem. So I was like, man, well, that, well, that was tough the for the hitter, right? Tough to, right. Yeah. Cause you can't see out of her rhythm. hands. Yeah. 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 It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. That's cool. So the most unique thing Chuck watched was the softball game. That's right. Phil, how about you? I was looking for unique events, actually, and I I landed on, I guess, the most unique thing I saw, and I've seen a bunch of this in the past. I just never paid enough attention to it. I was watching the the women's water polo, I believe. I learned all sorts of things, like the exclusion penalty, and like I'm watching this, and it was early morning. I was watching this, and I thought, all right, water polo. My college had a water polo team. I would see them practice. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's, it's good. They're really good swimmers. I watched this happen. Uh, so I finally watched an event today. And I'm like, this is kind of boring. A lot of the event occurs with both teams swimming in the middle of the pool, <laughs> yeah. you know, because you got you to swim to the other side. I kept thinking about like, you know, why did water polo take off and like water basketball would be something water, you know, you're swimming and you could use the same ball. You just have to shoot it at the end, you know, these kind of things. So it was just one of those sports that I, I think I've seen before. I probably never paid enough attention to it. I watched way too much of it this weekend yeah. to realize like, huh, I don't know that I like this sport. It, it's amazing. I don't know how they do what they do. I, I, I would, I would be dead two minutes into that, into that match. Like I, I would be on the bottom of the pool, but yeah, that was probably the most unique thing I paid the most attention to. I watched a lot of water polo too. My initial sense was this is kind of a cool thing to watch in the Olympics, but I understand why, you know, CBS isn't broadcasting professional water polo on Saturday afternoons because it's really not that exciting to watch, but it's ridiculous. I can't think of a sport that I think would be more like strenuous physically than water polo. I also can't think of one that I'd be worse at. You guys remember my issues with accuracy throwing a baseball when my feet were firmly planted on the ground. Can you imagine me? I'm trying to like tread water and swim and and throw a ball like in a direction that I wanted to go. There's no way. Do you guys remember in high school playing team handball in gym? That that was like one of the best things we did in gym. I remember square dancing. 
Well, okay. All right. I, I'll, I'll, I'll recant. The second best thing we did in, in gym was team handball. Cause in square dancing, we got to like dance with, with girls. That was cool. Right. As freshmen and sophomore, like, Hey, team handball was a sport that I didn't know existed until we got to high school and it was in gym class. I'm like, wow, this is really hard to do and, yeah. and fun and yeah. competitive. The team handball was on a basketball court where you got the run and the ball was small enough to where even I could palm it. Water polo is taking that exact same sport and putting it into a pool and yeah. making you swim or tread water the whole time. Yeah. Like I said, I think I'd be dead on the bottom of the pool. No, thank you. And I don't know if you watched any handball this weekend. I did. Did um, you? I did not see the, it. The goalie is the most thankful position <laughs> ever created in sports because basically what you're doing is jumping spread eagle trying to cover as much of the the goal as you can and i've, I've got to think that there are some shots to the junk that happen um regularly in that one anybody watch any skateboarding this weekend i did chucky the only clip i saw was the uh dude who went down a rail lost control and then went nuts first backwards into another rail yeah that's the only <laughs> highlight i saw <laughs> yeah yeah it's absolutely bizarre because it's the only sporting event i've ever seen in my life where literal teenagers like 13 14 15 year old kids are competing against grown adults they're all on the same you know course whatever you call it together and they're all wearing earbuds and they all have their iPhones in their pockets while they're competing in the Olympics because they're like listening to music while they're doing it. I'm like, this is like blows my mind how they're doing it. But I loved it. It was a, it was a lot of fun to watch some more serious things. Team USA's men's basketball team lost a game to France today and has a big game looming against rival Nigeria, I think, on Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> so is it time for Team USA to go back to using college players? I mean, I think last week I said, they'll just turn it on. <laughs> and was, oh man. And not that, uh, I mean, France has two legitimate NBA players right, like Rudy right. Gobert and Evan Fournier. Is that how you pronounce his last name? But still, you know, like, I, I didn't see much of it. Maybe I should be asking is team USA secretly shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I watched a little bit of it in replay and I team USA was up by seven with three and a half minutes left in the game. Yeah. Up by seven. With guys like Kevin Durant and Middleton's on the team now, and I get it, LeBron and Steph and Harden aren't there, but if you took the best 10 players in the NBA that happen to be U.S. citizens and you took the 6th through 10th, don't you think you'd win against any other country out there? They missed layups. They missed free throws. They got out-rebounded. The last three and a half minutes, they took a seven-point lead, and they lost by, what did they lose by? I think it was six or seven, right? Yeah. That's hard to do when you're playing, to Chuck's point, on France, they have two NBA starters and three NBA bench players. Uh, we shouldn't yeah. lose a game when we're winning by seven with less than five minutes left. The world has caught up with sure, America sure. and basketball, for sure. It's not like these guys can just roll through the Olympics and, and win every game by 50 like they could when it was the dream team or they could when it was the 60s. It's a little bit concerning to be losing a game right out the gate. I guess I'm not going to flip out too much about it because they did add two pretty big pieces in the guys who just came out of the finals. Okay, let those guys get themselves set a little bit and, and hopefully they'll be more productive, but it's not a good way to start. And certainly not what we expect out of Team USA. Let's give a quick congrats to Lee Kiefer. She won a gold medal in women's fencing. She is the first American ever to win a gold in foil. There might be different kinds of fencing that I don't understand. 
She is currently a med student at Kentucky, and she trained for this year's Olympics in her parents' basement. Congratulations, Lee Kiefer. Medal count right now. I think we'll try to recap this every time we're on. Right now, China has a total of 11. The U.S. has 10. And whatever they're doing with the Russian team, those guys have seven. So I'll Burke. <laughs> <laughs> ROC. It's a weird thing. Like the country of Russia is banned from the Olympics, yeah. but the athletes that they trained and doped are not. Is that how that works? That's how that works. They can't, they can't, they can't display their flag. They can't play their national anthem. The athletes from the country still get to compete and win, <laughs> you, yeah. you know, and, and be on the medal stand and get their medals. And they, decided to play some Tchaikovsky, whatever. I don't know. You know, it's like, okay, I, I don't understand that at all. They've been banned. How long? I mean, this is not the first Olympics. They they've I been banned. This is the first Olympics that is they it? were banned for. Well, it was supposed to be last year. I thought they were banned in the previous winter Olympics as well. Uh, we need, uh, does it call, does it upset either of you that they are referred to as the, I get it because they were supposed to happen in 2020. Yeah. But yeah, it says 2020 on everything. Yeah. yeah it yeah. it kind of upsets me. That should have been updated, but I guess, yeah. you know, <laughs> they've spent years building their branding for the 2020 Olympics and like, you know, they weren't going to start over again, I guess. They did it in quicker than eight weeks. I, I believe that they probably <laughs> did. I believe they probably did. We could sell them a G moving on from Tokyo to parts beyond Jeff Bezos and some other people went to space this week. Aboard the New Shepard, uh, they were actually in space for about four or five minutes before returning to Earth. It lasted from beginning to end about 11 or 12 minutes for the entire trip. Pretty amazing and cool thing. But I mean, let's be honest. They just got to like regular space, right? They weren't really in outer space. Should we be making that big a deal about this? Not me, I don't think so. It's cool that at some point in our lifetime, we may have the opportunity to go to space. I just said, I don't want to fly to Tokyo. Right. I think I yeah. want to go to space. You're, you're, you're right. not the guy. I don't want to fly to Florida. Audience. Right. I don't want to fly to Florida half the time. But it is 12 minutes. And I mean, I could probably, I could probably stomach that, I would think. It's a massive achievement that uh, normal, normal folk... Uh, i.e. one of the richest men in the world can go to space. And it seems like now it's just turning into a uh, who's got the biggest weighing contest between these unbelievably wealthy men for who can get to space fastest or how frequently. So it sounded like he was a little bit tone deaf when he got back and they interviewed him. The other thing I noticed was that his watch was on the outside of his like clothing. That didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, this guy's a <laughs> f douchebag. Cool and all that we may see either us or our children at some point may have the opportunity to go to space. But right now, the fact that this, this guy is just super rich and so tone deaf and when he came back and who he thanked and it kind of soured it a little and it looked like a huge metal dong going to space. <laughs> Was the best part that was the best part it was right out of austin powers it was just the metal dong yeah. across the radar i think the thing you notice about his watch is hilarious because i couldn't get past the fact that he was wearing like this weird cowboy hat when he yeah, I, yeah right. why are you right. wearing yeah. a cowboy oh. hat i think you're right about the you know i want to thank all the workers at amazon who paid for this like yeah. ah dude you, yeah. don't not, not like that don't say it like that oh. um yeah I do think it's kind of cool that his view and, and you can look at it from a real cynical view that all these guys are just super rich and they're playing with like the best toy that money can buy right now to get into space. I, I think from Bezos's view, he thinks he started a business that's going to make money. Uh, and he thinks that this is going to track the historical path of um, the airline industry. And right now where you're at that very infant stage when very few people can do it and it's getting, it's really dangerous, I would think to do it. 
but someday it's going to get better and I'm and, and everybody will be able to do it. And it'll be common. That's what he thinks. I don't know. Phil, do you buy that? I guess I hope that's where we're going, right? Like space exploration eventually in the, in the evolution of humanity is the next frontier. I don't know what, if what Bezos is doing is actually that though, I think it's, he, why not? Well, they, I mean, they, I, they, I guess sold, in, in it, they've sold flights for like all of 2023 already. Sure. I mean, they're, so, they're, they're I, selling this as in its infancy. Go- yes. Because yeah. the destination is still earth. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, yeah, right? So it's like, you're not oh, getting man. on. <laughs> this is a tough room. I'm just saying, I'm just saying cool when they can land on something else. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, all right, the destination is exactly where you took off for at least maybe the other side of the same country. I don't know. But uh, that said, like, yeah, it's, it's the beginning of what could be, I guess. And if it's going to fall in the lap of the insanely rich billionaires to get us into space exploration, then so be it. I mean, it's, I don't know that governments are taking us to the moon and Mars and beyond again. I I don't know. Um, So maybe it's the super rich and it's by invite only or how much money do you have initially, but eventually this becomes something else. His suborbital flight is the proverbial small step, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Chucky. I'm never going to space probably. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even going to Florida. Yeah. Um, But I I can understand both of your points. It's a, it's a massive achievement that in our lifetime, you know, like the the big thing was what a, a, the only normal human who got to go to space didn't actually get there was a teacher in the eighties that we all had to watch in grade school. Yeah. Uh, And now it's attainable for normal people. Yep. to actually get off the planet. It's unbelievable to me. I just don't know if I'll ever take part in it, but it's unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know that I would take part in it right now. It just seems too new and you know, too dangerous and too many different things can go wrong, but I get that it's billionaires doing it. I don't know yeah. that governments even try to take these bold crazy steps anymore. It's too con- especially I mean our government it, it's too controversial. I'm not sure in our current state of politics we would have gone to the moon in the 60s. You know, it had been a fight about where are we going to get the money to pay for it? Some silly argument like that. It falls on these guys to do it and they have the means to do it. And I guarantee when he takes, you know, Bezos takes this company public, um, they're going to be a, a ton of investors because it's an amazing thing that if you could make it doable for regular people, you'd never stop making money. You, you tell me it's safe as, as, as safe as flying. And I'll go up into space. I think that'd be cool. I think it's a huge deal. It's a shame that it gets caught up in this. Oh, it's just billionaires playing around with their money thing. Because I think it's a bigger deal than that. But um, maybe I'm just a sucker. That's always possible. Anyway, boys, we are out of time. I'm out of questions. And I'm not sure if you noticed, we just did an entire show without a single scale. I'm a little bit sad about it. man. But I want you guys to have a great week. And let's do this again real soon. For sure. Absolutely. They could have named it anything. I was going to still root for that team next year, no matter what. Well, I'm not sure they could have named it anything. I could think of a few examples. Whoa. Oh, Oh. now that is, this is a first for the show. Well, I feel bad because, Oh, here we go. Oh, no. His computer's (laughs) computer's updating. (laughs) I wonder if he can switch to...
Let's see. I could, I could be in Erie in like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> pack this up. We'll just keep recording as I'm driving. That'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to leave me a lot of editing tomorrow. I don't want that. You said he's back. Let's <clears throat> let him in. Oh, hey, Chuck. Sorry. sorry. That's all right, man. Oh, we're done. We're done. Talk. We're done talking about. I had, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just killed the momentum. It didn't even give me a warning. It just. Yeah. Went to ah. it. You were just gone, man. <laughs> we're, we're right into it, too. I know. I'm um, sorry. Please so recreate just, the last sentence, Phil, you were saying. <laughs> I'm back. Please let me in. <laughs> I don't even remember. Sorry, just disconnected for a second. Um, God bless it. Completely cutting out when I'm talking. Just now. Just now it did. Yeah, you're good right now. It just keeps changing the default microphone. Um, This week, we're going to talk about Sean Holes. um, This week, we're going to talk about Sean Holes. Phil, any idea what Sean? Sean, I can't. I don't understand why I can't say this dude's name. Any idea what Sean Holes does for the Cleveland Browns. So it was on every national program. I I assume it was super strategic why they did it right now. I just don't know. Like this didn't seem like they were ready, right? Yeah, right. Like, I mean, the the hype I've seen better, not that the hype video was terrible, but Ohio state releases stuff every week. That's like a hundred times better when they're playing a, like a division three school. And I thought, Oh, all right. But I'm just shocked that, you would want, I, I would think people, they would want to capitalize on marketing dollars and people so, buying hats and jerseys and shit, but none of right. that's like, even yeah. anywhere near. They were all proud of the video because it was Tom Hanks and the Black Keys, right? Like, and that's great. That's absolutely yeah, yeah, great. That's like, awesome. All right, yeah. Awesome. Let's do that. But you're exactly right. Like they, the only people knew, the only people that knew that they didn't have marketing ready and like swag yeah. ready to go was them. Or them. Yeah. <laughs> like, why not? Why not wait? <laughs> why can't I go buy my hat right now? Yeah, right. You know? exactly. A picnic every year at Waldemere. So like the amusement park here, water park. And I walked in, and I'm like, oh dear God, there were 1700 people there. Whoa. And <laughs> I was like, I'm going to just walk. If I don't see anybody, I know I'm leaving. I don't want to be a part of this. And I found uh, a bunch of beer people I knew. So that was nice, but yeah, it was, it was all very wealthy people who own uh, multiple hotels, restaurants, yeah. but yeah. it's still eerie. So like they gave work, gave me a ticket for it. And on the ticket, it had like a lobster because I get lobster and it was just like cut off of like notebook paper with a lobster on it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't like uh, lobster. How was so the I lobster? I didn't eat it. Okay, I was going to sound like uh, something you no, would eat. I don't like lobster, but more importantly, I don't think I would eat lobster at an amusement park if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> amusement park lobster, is probably mm, not great. Yeah. Jeff's kiss. Yeah, it's right above like gas station lobster. <laughs> right. <laughs> right below like Indian casino buffet lobster. <laughs> uh, uh. See, no structure. Oh, what a yeah, good time we're having. So we're good, man. We're inside of two months. Oh, I'm That's exciting. To it, uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah, inside of two I'm months. So forward man. To it. I'm slowly putting together the uh, what Gerber started. The, the Any music that we talk about in the third <laughs> segment of our pod, 
I'm just putting that on a playlist. Well, now you have the DGs to add, right? Well, I know. It wasn't really nope, official. It was on a break. Yeah, it wasn't well, on a break. We'll, see what, we'll see what comes up. Well, I, told, I, I told Tammy I was going to start bringing up like a bunch of really shitty music yeah, every episode. Yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> I, you guys I, got uh, ever gone back and listened to some good like 90s Celine Dion? Let's talk about that for a while. <laughs> I, start, I start thinking about the same thing. Like, how do I work in some really shit music into any conversation? Yeah. <laughs> but uh I think you've got enough shit music with oh, God, my yeah. Marky Mark and oh, like B tracks off of the Verve pipe album. Well, the hard part, <laughs> honestly, the hard part is going back to listen to 34 episodes of, of the yeah. pod again, because I listen yeah. twice a week yeah. as it is. But I'm going to just look at the third segment and the outtakes and anything we yeah. bring up music wise in the last basically the last 20 minutes of the show. I'm just throwing on I'm Excellent. just throwing on a, on a list. It's easy to, to, to go past like the last five. I got to go way back to the beginning yeah. and start pulling this stuff if, together but if you're ever interested i could send you um i have most of the outlines i could send you the outlines that would at least tell you hey did we talk about music that episode yeah well um, the, the only thing i found in already listening to re-listening to some of the last like last episode last episode there was a shit ton of music because it was a topic yeah like you brought up the summer song so yeah i have every one of those songs on a list yeah. i'm like jesus yeah. god we got to listen to all this shit <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shaggy <laughs> yeah oh. yeah but it's all on there but so that was like in one episode oh, i think you've got to get uh the nikki french song was that her name yeah yeah it's um, on there totally i think you got to get the 1975 version too both versions right because we <laughs> talked already about got them right <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like so we should you can be have friends yeah, we should. <laughs> we, we, we have the outline, but then the conversation takes a turn and yeah. it's like, OK, so now I get to include all this other music yeah. as well, yeah. because we just yeah. talked about it. A hundred percent complete, of course, That's, but it'll be we're never going to know. It'll be a hundred tracks at least. Holy cow. <laughs> at <Wow>. least. <laughs> I mean, like entire albums of Love of Lesbian, like that's just going. Yeah, <laughs> the whole, oh, the whole album's going on. <laughs> They're going to be looking around at their Spotify and then be like, wait a minute, how do we grab all these listeners in like the Midwest yeah, in right, the United right. States? Right. <laughs> what? what song really grabbed these people? <laughs> Why are we getting all these listens in September in, in middle yeah, Ohio? Yeah, yeah by these guys, in, in the 37 to 47 age yeah. group or something like that. Are these guys smoking weed from Michigan? Any, uh, Why, yes, any, they are. It, who was the band? Like really, or was it Flume? Was that was that yes? I got a lot of really good and bad Michael Jackson surrounded oh. by Flume and Man. love of lesbian. You better bring a you better bring a lot of bourbon, beer, and so I've been uh, <laughs> to get through Flume. Funny. Funny like a clown? You didn't use you? <laughs>